0: Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live with me. Cheers. I don't have tea, but I have my smoothie. You guys are also getting a freshly oiled face. I've been using this Jojoba oil from Trader Joe's, and it has been doing wonders for my skin. So I'm obsessed with it. So I just now have an oily face all day, every day, and I'm here for it. So... Today, I want to talk a little bit about the topic of projection. This is something that has been such a huge part of my healing journey and part of my expansion journey and something that I am now able to help my clients with on just a much deeper level. So before we dive in, let's take a breath to ground to settle into this present moment. So wherever you are, if you have some ability to sit down, get cozy, put your hand over your heart, sit up nice and tall, notice any area of your body that's contracting that wants to get small and allowing your body to just open and soften a little bit. So taking a nice, big, deep breath in and release two more.
1: And one more.
0: And just noticing how your breath is feeling. Noticing any part of the body that's holding on to tension. And giving your body any small organic movement that it's needing. I slept weirdly, so my neck is feeling a little off. So we're just going to
1: move it a little bit.
0: Um, When you're ready, you can come back. So first, I want to say that sometimes we wait to show up until we have this perception that everything's perfect. So the old me probably would have woken up with like a stiff neck. This happens sometimes with my scoliosis. If I sleep weird and my... Neck gets all out of whack, and I would have been like, I'm tired. My neck hurts. I don't want to show. I didn't even have a topic planned for today, and so I could have easily just been like, Oh, I'm going to postpone until, you know, I have a topic that's ready, or until I'm feeling better, or you know, whatever. But the biggest thing I learned is that when we communicate that to ourselves in the world, that we are only safe to show up in a conditional way. If I'm feeling this way, if I'm feeling you know, good flowy, vibey, whatever, however you're feeling. If I only show up this way, it's communicating to certain parts of yourself that you, that they are wrong, that they are not welcome here. They are not accepted. And it's just not helpful in being able to heal all parts of ourselves. So, no matter how I'm feeling, right. And this is, there's a difference between listening to what your body's needing and honoring that versus not showing up because you think that you need to be perfect, or you think you need to have makeup on, or you think you need to present a certain way. I mean, if you guys have been following me for a while, you know, that I will show up in my stories with a face mask on with, you know, bed hair from just waking up, uh, other days where I'm looking real cute with my makeup and my jewelry on other days where I'm not looking cute at all, but I'm still looking cute because I'm cute. You know, it's like, none of that is dependent on what I have on my face. There are some days I show up looking, you know, really nice and other days not so nice. And I can love each of those versions of myself. So you are safe to show up as you are. I was Voxer and client earlier, and we were talking about how we were both just feeling Nope. My dad's calling. Sorry, dad. I'm going to have to call you back, sir. <laughs> Decline. Okay. All right. We're back. My dad was calling. <laughs> Decline. Sorry, dad. Um, so, oh, my client and I were talking about how, you know, we just like, we're feeling really tired today. And, and she was like, yeah, it's a busy work day. I'm like, I totally feel you. And I was just like, you know what, we're just going to show up together and just be tired together. And that's okay. And she like, she was like, oh, you know, she was very appreciative of it because I think so many of us feel pressure to show up in a certain way. I even had, um, a first date the other week. And one of the first things that he said was like, oh, I'm feeling really tired, like, excuse me, like kind of like apologies in advance. And I'm like, no, it's like, come as you are, like, it's all good, right? We can show up as we are and know that we are good enough, whether we're feeling tired or chipper or anything in between, because emotions are just emotions, states of being are just states of being as humans, we attach on so heavily to how we're feeling in each moment. We're like, oh my God, it's the best day ever. We're having such a great day. Or we're like, oh my God, I'm tired. The the world is over and everything's ruined. We attach so heavily rather than just being able to be with the waves of what comes up throughout the day. Oh yeah. We're doing the wave dance. Okay. Focusing. Uh, (laughs) So let's see, let me tie this back to projection because that is the topic. So how does this relate to projection? When we feel safe to show up as we are, to accept all parts of ourselves and to be with the fleeting moments of different experiences emotionally, rather than attaching on to one moment, we are able to allow ourselves to be with the emotions, even the most painful ones like fear or sadness or shame. And we will not be as likely to project onto others. So what is projection? Projection in the simplest of terms is when you have an emotion that comes up in yourself, in your internal world, and that emotion feels so hard to be with, so most of the time it's shame, fear, fear and shame, that we then project that onto the other person and we make them wrong. So for example, this used to show up a lot with my mentor when she would point out something in me. She was the mirror for me. She would point out something that was happening in my internal world. And I would be like, no, that's not happening. Like I would get defensive. I would get reactive because it triggered shame in me. And then I would try and make her wrong and be like, oh, no, that's just your interpretation. That's just your shit coming up. And then I did that. uh last week with, uh, someone who's, you know, relatively new in my life and I'm exploring a connection with, and I did that with him where I, he said something that triggered me and I felt fear. I was just trying to remember, like, what was the actual emotion that came up? It was fear. I think there was maybe a little bit of shame, yeah, there was shame. Like I was making meaning of something and it was mostly fear. And so then my protector of control, like came out of the woodworks, like full force. And I got reactive and I used to get this way a lot, like in all my close relationships. So particularly with my mentor or past partners. And I have done so much work in being able to recognize when my own shit comes up and being with that and realizing like, oh, this is not the other person's, this is mine. And so it kind of surprised me because I was like, oh, that just happened again. And that hasn't happened in a little bit of time. And when we talk about healing, not being linear, this is exactly what we talk about. Healing is not linear. So If you've healed something, so for example, I've made a lot of progress in learning how to not project onto my mentor and be able to be with what's actually coming up for myself. And then I meet someone new and I then project. So basically that fear and that control was so strong in my being that I made this person wrong rather than leaning in with curiosity asking questions, exploring like, you know, what the person meant by what they said and making assumptions. Right. And so I projected my fear, my shame onto the other person, making them wrong. When in reality, it was, it was all my control. It was all my control because there is a younger part of myself that felt so terrified. And this is what we talk about when we're healing anxious attachment is there's that younger part of yourself that feels so scared that it's easier to latch on to someone else than to be with that fear in yourself, right? it's like, if you struggle with avoidant attachment, it's kind of the opposite where you are you feel safer kind of like focusing on you than like even experiencing intimacy with someone else. Whereas with anxious, you feel safer experiencing the connection with someone else than you do being with yourself. So when this shows up, when control shows up, when fear shows up, it's a fear of abandonment and we can't be abandoned as adults, but that younger part of ourselves that's still so active and alive and has a lot of unmet needs. She is the one that is trying to feel safe. And when we are not able to help her feel safe, she will try and feel safe in any way that she can. So in this example, when I projected onto this person and I was like, you know, I I just had this reaction. Like I just like sent all these texts and I sounded irritated and angry and like, you know, keep in mind this brought up a lot of shame because this is something, this is someone that is relatively new in my life. So they haven't seen this part of me. Now, in the past, when I have had partners where this has happened, I've had a lot of partners that have placated to it, who have babied me, who have, you know, validated my bullshit. (laughs) And the most recent partner didn't do that, held me more accountable. And that's why so much of these triggers came up because it felt so unsafe in my body to be with those triggers, to be with that deep, deep, deep fear of abandonment. So with this person that I'm still getting to know, I noticed how he actually took time to kind of sit with what was happening, right? And because he did that and kind of set a boundary of like, I need time to process what just happened. And then basically what happened was not okay. Like not placating, not validating, not enabling it, but setting a boundary. That boundary allowed me to look at my own behavior and say, oh, okay. I can understand what was happening for me there. I got triggered. My control came up and little me felt like if she wasn't going to control, then something she wanted to happen, wasn't going to happen. And rather than rather than controlling it it's my job to show her that we can experience life in a new way because the old way of relating was if i don't control this it's not going to happen i have to force it to happen or else it's not going to happen and if it doesn't happen i make it mean something about myself i don't feel chosen i don't feel special i don't feel um as good as the other people that you know get to experience this thing i You know, I'm going to be abandoned because they don't know how to meet my needs, right? Like all of the worries, all of the fears that show up in that. And so it's my job to show little me that, first of all, we can't control anything (laughs) except for what's in our control. And secondly, it sucks the joy out of life when we don't allow things to happen naturally and in an aligned way. And so this is where attachment styles can come in so subtly and so sneakily where both people are projecting their own shit onto the other and blaming each other because the two people can't just be with their own shit because there's so much shame in that. And I totally understand and get just how hard that feels, like how fucking painful and hard it feels to look at your own shit and be like, wow. I was really behaving from a childlike place because I was my inner child literally was taking over. And so I acted like a child and that can bring up so much shame because I'm not a child. I'm a 31 year old grown ass woman. And the more that we shame ourselves for our inner child having needs, the less we're going to be able to meet her needs. And the more we're going to continue to project onto other people. The moment that I was able to fully except, oh, I understand what's happening for me in these moments. And I now understand what little me needs. The more I was able to stop fighting myself and fighting her and be able to start meeting my needs. And when we start meeting our unmet needs from childhood, we give our inner child that reparative experience. And then we are able to not need those same things as we go, right? Once the needs are met, they're not as strong, right? But if we ignore those needs, little us is going to scream until she gets the needs and it's going to show up in all of your relationships and your business and literally every area of your life. So the more that you fight yourself and what you actually need and release the shame or then at least the narratives around the shame and just be with the shame as it comes up without making it mean anything about yourself. The more that you're going to be able to actually meet those unmet needs, give little you what she's asking for. And as she as you do that more and more and more, those needs will not feel as strong because they've been met. Does that make sense? Let me know how that lands for you guys. I know that was a big, big mouthful. And some of this can feel like you know, like abstract of like, well, how do I meet my inner child needs? So I'll give you an example. Sorry, I'm just stretching because my, my neck is, ooh. but we're safe to be with the discomfort. Um, so the example is that the need that was happening, let me think about this. I love psychoanalyzing myself. Okay, so <laughs> the need that was happening when I projected onto this person was I needed to feel heard and understood, right? So when we feel heard and understood, that's basically a form of validation. Validation just means that you feel heard and understood and seen. And the emotion that happens when you feel invalidated, misunderstood, not seen, not heard is fear. Because if this person can't, hear you, see you, understand you. They're not going to be able to meet your needs. And as an adult, that's just information. That's like, okay, maybe I won't be with this person because they can't meet my needs as a child. That's fucking terrifying because this is not a conscious, like adult part of you. That's like responding to this. This is little you that's still trying to get her needs met and still feels terrified when someone is not able to meet her needs. So The need was validation. It was to feel heard because I had said something and I didn't feel heard based on this person's response. And so that younger part of me felt terrified. So if I can recognize this and say, little me is feeling scared that she's not being heard and that she's not going to get her needs met. And so then she feels like she has to control it to try and force her to get her needs met. And so then it's my job to recognize that and be like, I don't need to project this onto the other person. I'm responsible for meeting my own needs. I can let little me know that I'm with her, that I hear her and that I need to give this person a chance to see if they can meet me as well and to actually meet my needs in that way. But if you're not even giving the person a chance and you're just assuming that they're wrong or they're not doing something right, or that, you know, you feel like you have to control it, you're not actually allowing space for that to happen. So my job is to lean back, notice the emotion underneath the control, which is fear and shame, be with those emotions. So what does that mean to be with an emotion? It means noticing the emotion in your body. So if you take a breath in right now, Noticing the sensations in your body. Is your chest tight? Is your stomach quenched up? Is your, are your shoulders caving in? Noticing, where do you feel shame? Where do you feel fear? Allowing yourself to feel the sensations of those emotions. Be with them, sit with them, breathe into them, feel them as they move through your body. So everyone take a moment and just notice what sensations are happening in their body. You can drop them in the comments if you want to share. And I want you to just observe them, not trying to fix them or force them or change them, but just observe them. So taking a deep breath in.
1: just taking a stance of curiosity and compassion for what's happening in your internal world right now. What do you notice? What's alive for you in this moment?
0: Can you just observe the sensation moving through your body? And if it's not moving, sending some intentional breath into that area.
1: Allow yourself to just be with it. Notice any areas you're holding on and allow yourself to let go a little bit more. Focusing on your breath, noticing your thoughts, refocusing on the breath over and over as many times as you need. And just noticing,
0: maybe putting your hand on any part of the body that is holding any emotion or that needs some extra support. Sending
1: some intentional breath into that area. One more. Just allowing any opening, softening, releasing. And when you're ready, you can come back.
0: So for those of you who are live, feel free to drop in the comments, anything you notice. So any emotions, any sensations that came up and maybe just noticing, like, how did that feel to be with your body? And if you noticed nothing and your body just felt calm, what did it feel like to just be with calm? Cause we're not always calm. So when we are calm, we want to actually notice, like, what does that feel like? How does that feel in your body to be calm, to be safe, to be grounded? What does it feel like in your body to not be calm, to not be safe, to not be grounded? When we're able to recognize moments of regulation, moments of dysregulation, it allows us to be the leader of ourselves, of our nervous systems, of our inner child, of our lives. But when we are unconscious and asleep to the ways in which our attachment wounding will show up in each moment in the most sneaky, subtle, unconscious, hardwired ways we give our power away because we don't actually have the awareness and the consciousness we need to be able to relate differently and to shift it. And so being able to really notice like, what does it feel like to be dysregulated? What does it feel like to be regulated? So how do I know when I'm dysregulated, when I'm blowing up some guy that I met a week ago, when I'm blowing up his phone with like annoyed text that's all my own shit <laughs> and then i have to sit with not only the fear that prompted that prompted that behavior but then i have to also sit with the shame that comes with the fact that i acted that way right because it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good to act that way and we have to be able to have deep compassion and understanding and empathy and consciousness and holding and loving <laughs> those parts of ourselves that are just so scared. I don't know if you guys saw my post on Friday, but I shared that I had taken an intentional 10 months, more than 10 months, almost a year off of dating because my attachment wound was so activated and I needed time to just be with myself and to, do some deep healing on myself and to really just focus on myself. And it has been so deeply beneficial. Like if you guys have not taken some time to just be single and I'm not talking about single as in, you know, there's two different phases of single, right? You can be single where you're like dating, you're, you know, having fun, you know, you're exploring different connections, different people, and then you can be single where you're literally just focusing on yourself. And of course, we can't control, you know, if we happen to meet someone. So for me, I had been focusing on myself for almost a year now. And it's been so incredibly beneficial. Um and then I started getting signs from the universe like all over like prepare to meet someone. And I fucking got mad. I was like, I don't want to meet anyone. Relationships take work. I just am in an exclusive relationship with my business and myself right now. And I'm really enjoying this period of my life. And I attached onto that where I didn't want it to end. And so, you know, as the universe and my astrologer and, you know, the different people that I talk to, when they start seeing the same things of like, it's time to get back into the dating world, it's time to get back into the romantic world. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't want to do it. But a lot of that is just fear, right? A lot of that is fear of how is this, you know, all the stuff that I've been working on the past year, how is that going to show up? And literally within a week of getting back into the dating world, it fucking showed up, and it was exhausting. And it brought up fear and shame and my control. And all the things, but this is what we're talking about. Healing is not linear. Growth is linear. All of it is part of your growth, but healing is not linear. So you may have, you know, made a lot of progress on one part of your healing journey. And then you meet someone else or a new situation at work happens or something else triggers it. And then it comes out again. And each time it comes out, you have more awareness of it. That's the goal. And then the goal is that you shift it and you learn how to relate differently to it. So something that I did differently this time was I was able to actually be conscious of what's happening rather than just blaming the person and being like, Oh, this guy's just an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Because that would have been my defenses, right? My ego would have been like, it's not me, right? Like I didn't do anything wrong. That's all him. That's all my ego. And so what is my ego trying to protect me from? It's feeling shame. It's feeling the fear that shows up when you start putting yourself out there again and meeting potential connections. So the way that I related differently was that I, after it happened, I was actually conscious of, oh, that's just what happened for me. Like little me was feeling terrified. And so she tried to control the situation and she tried to make him wrong rather than actually sitting with the fact that I wasn't even giving him a chance to do anything right. I was just trying to control everything and that's just not fun for anyone. And then I apologized and I took ownership of my behavior and I had to sit with the shame and the old me would have not sat with shame. I would have made it mean something about me. Like I was wrong as a person, not wrong as a person. My behavior was wrong, but I'm not wrong. Right? Like there's a difference between you can have behavior that's not in alignment that you don't want to validate and placate to while also knowing that like, it doesn't have to mean anything about you as a person. So that's the biggest distinction that's really important to me. Cause when we don't make that, we are not able to sit with shame because if we sit with shame in the context of, um, we're wrong, right. Then who would feel safe to sit with shame? But when you're able to release those narratives and to be with the shame of those original core wound narratives from childhood, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not as good as this person, you know, whatever it is, then we actually can process that stored emotion and redevelop new core beliefs about ourselves.
1: Mm. I love my smoothie so much.
0: Anyway, so um, trying to think if that was all I had to share projection. It's a sneaky one. It's a hard driven one, a hardwired one. And the biggest thing you can do is notice when you become reactive, when there's like this impulsive urgency in your body, that's like, I need to like, tell this person this, this thing, or I need to it's like you're trying to get a need met. So for, for me, the need is always validation. It's always, I need to feel heard and understood. And when I don't, I make the other person wrong. I project onto them and I am just trying, like little me is just trying to find that in any way, right? Cause if I make them wrong and they can say I'm right, then I get the validation. But if I can practice giving myself the validation while not enabling unhelpful and harmful behavior, then I can shift it. So we need to be able to sit with our shame, not make it mean anything about us. Just know that it's there from childhood, from the times that we didn't feel good enough, that we didn't feel worthy enough, that we felt like we weren't going to get our needs met. We need to be with little us feeling that deep fear and that deep shame. And then we need to choose how to relate differently. And then we practice. And the reality is that our shit's going to come up. That is just a reality in any relationship, any intimate, close relationship. Our shit is going to come up when we can just put that out there and normalize it, but not excuse the behavior around it and hold ourselves radically accountable and honest. Then we have the power to shift it. So let me know if you guys have any questions in the comments, let me know if there's anything that you need clarification on anything that you're curious about when it comes to projection, like how can you tell if you're projecting or, you know, what does that actually feel like in my body projecting feels like a complete avoidance of yourself. It's like, I need to freaking burst at someone because it's so strong in my body, but I can't sit with it. So I need to just project it and vomit it all over someone else. (laughs) It's a real good time. How do you know when you're being projected on is noticing when the person is avoiding shame. And how do you notice if a person is avoiding shame, you have to first sit with your own shame to recognize when someone else is avoiding shame. I didn't call clients out on avoiding shame until I actually did the work of sitting with my own shame and noticing how I was avoiding my own shame because it's sneaky, right? It's so, so sneaky. So we don't know. Sometimes it's not obvious of like, oh yeah, this person's avoiding shame. This is why we can only meet people as far as we have met ourselves.
1: Taking a breath.
0: All right. Any other questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, needs, concerns? The more that you can practice meeting Little use needs and stop shaming her for them because she's just a child who needs needs, the more you can meet those needs. The more you can communicate to others how they can help you and support you in meeting those needs. And the more that those needs will be met the less little you will take over and scream and project and throw a temper tantrum trying to get her needs met. So let's normalize that every single human on this earth has unmet needs from childhood because there was no parent that was perfect. Literally 0%, 0% humans that have unmet needs. We all have unmet needs. It is our responsibility to do the work to meet those needs. So, If you are looking for support in how to meet your needs and how to reparent little you and how to relate differently and how to stop projecting all over your partner and making them wrong for your own shit and looking at your own shit in a way that's in a very loving, gentle, compassionate way that helps you learn how to love all parts of yourselves, not just the parts that you feel like people think are cool or acceptable, but all parts of yourselves. I have one spot open right now in my insight program, which is my highest level container where we do weekly zoom sessions Monday through Friday Voxer, and you get access to my meditation series and any journal prompts that you may need. The investment right now is at 2k per month with a three month minimum commitment And one spot has just been filled. So that means there's one left. These spots rarely open because most of my one-on-one clients work with me long-term because healing is just the first stage. And then the expansion is part two. So we've done the healing work. You're connected to your true authenticity, to your most powerful self. Now, how do we help you expand into actually living the life that you want to live? Maybe you don't even know what that is and you need help getting clear on that. I love helping people make their dreams come true. Like for me, the healing is not enough. It's not like, okay, you're feeling a little anxious, or you're you're feeling a little less anxious every day. You know, you're eating better, you're you know, having, you know, better connection with your partner. Okay. Our work is done. It's like, no fuck that. It's like, okay, we've done all that. You're feeling safer in your body. Now, what do you actually want to do with your life? What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to find a life partner? Do you want to travel the world? Do you want to get paid to literally just be you? Do you want to go skiing? Like, what do you want? And then how can we help you take steps in actually building that? I have a client who, When I started working with them a year ago, their own, like their biggest dream in the world was to get paid to do what they love and to move to their dream city. A year later, after working together and this person has been all in on their healing, they have heard the hard things. They have asked the hard questions. They keep leaning in with curiosity. They keep leaning in and wanting to look at themselves And now they are about to sign a lease in their dream city and they now get paid to do what they love. So their dream has literally come true. It is now a reality. And that is just one example of many different experiences that my clients have been able to have because of the healing work that has led to them feeling safe enough to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. I don't want people to just create a dream life because you don't even know what that dream life is, right? Our human minds can say, oh, my dream life is to live by the ocean and have a hot partner and do this and create a business and blah, blah, blah. And that's beautiful. But when we get into alignment, the universe has so much magic in store. Like I always thought my dream was to have a private practice, but I knew in my soul that something was off but I didn't know anything else. So I said, my dream is to have a private practice for therapy. Then when it came time to open up a private practice for therapy, I was like, fuck, I don't want to do this. And the universe delivered something better, which is this healing business that I've created. So I want you guys to believe that you can literally create any life you want, but it's going to be even better than what your human mind can even comprehend. It gets to be beyond your wildest dreams. So, you know, as, uh, as cliche or corny as that saying is, it's so fucking true in the work I do with my clients. It is my favorite thing in the world is to help people create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Cause life gets to be so magical, but we have to get out of our own way. Stop, you know, bullshitting ourselves and getting, you know, using our valid excuses to stay stuck and attach on. And we actually have to allow ourselves to shift. I'm in a phase right now where I've done the healing. I've done so much healing and I'm fully in my expansion. And there have been so many parts that have been grasping on to the old ways that have not been allowing myself to fully shift because of the unknown, because of fear, because of how I've gotten my needs met. And so being able to recognize like, wow, I'm not allowing myself to shift. And like, I've done all this work and the whole point is to then be able to expand and I'm not allowing that to happen. And so I have to relate differently. I have to remind myself of my power that I have the choice to choose. Am I going to attach and, and hold on, or am I going to let go and leap? That's going to be the name of some program one day leap. Cause it's all about leaping, leaping into the unknown. I wrote that down in my journal. I was like, leap. There's some program that's coming through leap. Cause that's what it, that's what it is. Another thing I will share. Oh, do I want to share it? I don't know. Mm. Okay. I want to share. I'm ready. I want to share that. I don't have all the details ready yet, but another offer that I am brewing in the Rachel Kelly coaching kitchen is I'm going to start offering some VIP days for my high-level one-on-one clients. So if you want to experience this, joining my program Insight would be the way to do this because then you get to experience the full healing work and then would be able to um, experience a full VIP day. I have some places in mind that I have picked out. It really helps when your best friend works in works for one of the most luxurious hotel chains in the world. <laughs> so, she and I are going to be working together to create a really, really special VIP day package. So, this is probably going to be coming, I would say like August or September. Um, so keep an eye out for that. I'm so excited. I love spending time with clients in person. It's just a whole other experience and I'm about to experience my own first VIP day with my mentor in Paris in less than two months. So I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to be able to have this be part of my next level of expansion. Super, super excited. It's going to be really, really good. So, and then I also have my retreat coming up in two weeks. You know, the retreat it brought up a lot around alignment and feeling clear on what I wanted. And this could be a whole other episode, but I'll just quickly share that you guys have known that I've kind of been like on the fence of like, do I want to open it to the public? Do I want just clients? And this was a beautiful example of like mind and body battling each other. I knew in my gut that I had always wanted it to just be clients, but then my mind was like, Oh, well you have some open spots and this would be a beautiful way to share this work with other people who have not done it and it could be really nice. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I just kind of surrendered and said whatever is meant to be it'll be if someone from the public reaches out and it seems like a really good fit, I would be open to that, but I'm no longer going to be really fully advertising it and and doing the aligned action to really call that in because the idea of just having four intimate days with three of my close clients, like to me that there's just nothing better than that. And so if I was going to let someone in from the public, it would have to be a really good fit. It would have to be intentional because I'm never, ever going to be one of those people where it's like, I'll just let anyone in just to make the sale. Like it has to feel an alignment for both people. So as of now, I have three of my clients signed up. I'm really, really excited. Um, and I like I like smaller intimate containers, but you know when you originally have this vision of like, oh, I'm going to have six people, and I'm going to have, you know, these people come and da da da. It's again this practice of surrendering. It's a practice of non-attaching, like not attaching onto what it should be, and just allowing whatever is meant to be to be, and taking the inspired action along the way. So that's just a mini lesson that I learned from this retreat experience is that, like forcing myself to continue advertising it to the public when that doesn't really feel aligned, that would be coming from scarcity. That would be coming from like, oh my God, I have to fill these spots. And it's like, but why? Why do I have to fill these spots? Why can't I just allow it to happen exactly how it's happening? And so I've chosen to not actively Advertise it to the public anymore. And if someone from the public is meant to come, they will come. But for now, just allowing it to be the experience that it was always meant to be. So I'm very excited. Oh, so many exciting things happening. All right, guys, I love you so much. I hope this was helpful. Let me know how it lands for you. Please, please, please look at how you are projecting onto your loved ones, onto your clients, onto your people. Where are you avoiding yourself? Where are you avoiding your shame? Where are you avoiding your fear? Where are you avoiding meeting your own needs and expecting others to be able to meet your own needs before you've even met your own needs? Not saying we don't need support in meeting our needs. We absolutely do. And it is your responsibility to be the leader of that. So take with that what you will, sit with it, see how it lands, let me know any takeaways and I love you guys so, so much. Reach out if you need any support. Thank you for tuning in every week. It means the world. And I love you so much. I will see you for the next, the next uh, chapter. All right, take care. Bye-bye.